Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is A Weekly Word, and I'm glad you're here because we are in a series that we're gonna continue through the whole summer. Each one's kind of a one-off, but the theme is uh, things you didn't learn in Sunday school about whatever topic comes to mind that day, whatever person. Uh, and this week, I wanna talk with you a little bit about things you didn't learn in Sunday school about the Trinity. Um, almost every worship service that you attend here at Gloria Day is going to begin with me standing in the front of the sanctuary and uh, I will make the sign of the cross and I will say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, we call that the invocation. And part of this is, you know, Jesus has promised where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's there in our midst. But part of this is also tying us back to our baptism where we're baptized in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we're recognizing ourselves as people who have a new identity in Christ, who are the people of God through the washing of the Spirit in our lives. And uh, I notice even as I say that, I'm talking about Father, and I'm talking about Jesus, and I'm talking about the Spirit, and it can get a little bit confusing, honestly. And uh, as we come up to this Sunday in the church year, we have a particular Sunday, we call it Holy Trinity Sunday. And it's a Sunday that's set aside to just deal with this mystery of the Trinity, to confess the mystery of the Trinity. You see, as we read through the scriptures, it's really clear there is one God. As you read through the Old Testament, you know, we, we find that God's not messing around. He's, I am the one true God. In, in fact, kind of the creed for the Jewish people in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And yet, knowing that there is only one God, and, and He is the only God that should be worshipped, as we continue to read through the Scriptures, we find three we'll call them persons, that all identify as God. So uh, at Jesus' baptism, you've got Jesus baptized by John the Baptist, and the Spirit testifies that this is the Messiah by coming down from heaven. The Father speaks from heaven, and, and listen to what he says. He says, this is my beloved Son, and so we have this relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in John chapter 10, we have Jesus talking about his relationship with the Father. And he says, I and the Father are one. And we continually see three persons doing, let's just say, they're doing God things. Things like forgiving sins. You might remember that Jesus gets into trouble with this, uh, with the Pharisees. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus continually shows that he has the authority to forgive sins. And he has the authority to forgive sins because he is God. And some people will say, well, Jesus never said he is God. Okay. Uh, however, every time somebody bows to him in worship, he receives it. And he does not stop them. Only God receives worship. 
and the Father forgives sins, and the Spirit forgives sins, and the Father receives worship, and the Spirit receives worship. They're eternal. Uh, we see the God, God the Father as eternal, Jesus is eternal, the Holy Spirit is eternal. They're each all-knowing, they're each omnipresent. And, and so what do you do with this? You know, the Bible's clear, there's one God, and yet there are these three persons that are, are doing God things. And as the church has wrestled with that, as the people of God have wrestled with that, uh, we've come up with this kind of point where we just say, well, there's one God, but there's three persons. And you might say, well, how does that work? And I think that's a good time to kind of scratch our heads and say, I'm really not sure other than this is what God is telling us about himself, that he is three in one, or to use the theological term for that, that he is triune. And that's a word that is admittedly not in the Bible, but it's a reality that is shown to us in the scriptures. We're just trying to say what the scriptures tell us about God. We're just trying to say what God says about himself in the scriptures. Now, I have found that there's a, a really strong temptation uh, for us to try to explain this in, in ways that people can then grab a hold of it and, you know, quote-unquote, understand it. Um, and some of this, I think, is benign, but some of it also leads us into problems. Analogies always break down at some point. And so I've seen over and over again where people will take an apple and say, you know, God is like an apple. He's these three parts, a core, a, the flesh of the apple, and the peel. Okay. Um, but those divisions are kind of uh, not all that completely clear. Um, some of them, people, sometimes people will say that God is like water, that he is ice and liquid and vapor. This analogy is a little bit more problematic because whether it's ice or liquid or vapor, it's all water. Um, and this is actually an uh, ancient heresy that's called modalism. Uh, modalism it means that uh, God acts in different modes, and that's what we're perceiving as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, except like in Psalm 110, then God is speaking to himself back and forth jumping from this chair to that chair, um, or in the baptism, as I was talking about earlier, is he, you know, in the river and in the sky and coming down as a dove? Um, I, th I think it's better to just simply say, no, there's these three persons, and yet one God. Um, even even the, the clover leaf with its three buds, you know, sorry, St. Patrick, um, it, it breaks down. It, it, it isn't a, a clear uh, picture of who God is and how he relates with himself and how he lives in perfect love, Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. Uh, one of the examples that I do use from time to time when I'm teaching confirmands or a, a new member course is an equilateral triangle. Um, even this isn't perfect, but it does get at the, uh, the equality of the, the persons in the one unit because you have the three sides that are all the same length and the three angles are, are the same uh, in, in the triangle and it's this confession that they're these three persons and yet they're one God. But it really doesn't get at the fullness of their relationship. 
And what does it mean when the Father uh, sends the Son and the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son? Um, th there are mysteries here that are good to be left as mysteries. And sometimes people will say, I can't wait to get to heaven so I'll understand this. And maybe we do. Maybe we don't. Maybe we just become more content trusting God to help us know the things that we need to know. So, I want to leave you with a thought here. What if we're not actually given to explain or to completely comprehend these things about God perfectly? Instead, we're supposed to receive them in faith and confess what God says about himself. Because I think that's where we're supposed to be. That we just trust what God says and we confess what he says. The church has wrestled with this notion of God as triune for centuries. And frankly, that's part of the reason that we've produced creeds. And there are, there are three ecumenical creeds. Uh, two of them are more familiar to us, uh, the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. I, I know at Gloria Day we use those two regularly, alternating week on week. But there is a third creed. Uh, it's longer. It's much more detailed. Um, that I think is helpful when we start thinking about how does God interrelate with himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that creed is called the Athanasian Creed. Now, if you go to the blog page, you can read the whole Athanasian Creed. It's, it's there for you. I just want to read a little portion of it for you here. Our faith is this, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons or dividing the substance. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is one, the glory eternal, the majesty co-eternal. It's just trying to say what God says about himself in the scriptures. And it will get into the whole unity and, and equality and the relationship as you read through the whole creed. But I think that as we ponder the Trinity on Trinity Sunday, instead of trying to think that we're going to wrap our, our, wrap our minds around who God is and know him perfectly, um, maybe we celebrate a mystery and rejoice in God as he reveals himself to us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one who creates us, redeems us, and makes us holy. And I'm not saying that one to one to one. I am saying, though, that God, in his unity, does all of that, creates, redeems, sanctifies you and me. And he does that completely and totally out of his love. So let's celebrate that mystery. Thanks for taking this time for being with me. Um, if this was helpful to you, please like it, share it, help other people to find it. Um, and uh, you're always welcome to try to contact me. I, I, I'm a little bit slow sometimes with the YouTube, trying to get back to, uh, to people through that, but you're always welcome to contact me through the church and um, love to try to answer your questions. So God's blessings, and I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.